golfing season might be over, but I now have another excuse for spending time outdoors, hunting. Ever since I was old enough, uh, I've gone hunting for waterfowl, for ducks and geese uh, with my dad and my brothers, uh, my uncle and my cousins. And our duck blind, which needs to be camouflaged every year with uh, tall grasses and corn stalks, sits on the relatively calm waters of the DuPage River just uh, at the southwest, southeastern part of Naperville. Now that might strike you as odd uh, when you hear Naperville. Uh, isn't it a pretty developed city? So how did you end up hunting there? Well, there's a lot of history behind the place that I've hunted my entire life. The thing is that my great-grandpa, Otto Ackerman, very good German name, first hunted the land when it was nothing but farmland as far as the eye could see, and before most of it was developed into neighborhoods. Otto was an iceman from Chicago who liked to escape the city to hunt here in order to recreate and also get some extra food. This land is where he found great peace. And when my dad and uncle were old enough, he took them with him to go hunting. And then when my dad and uncle were old enough, he took me and my brothers and cousins with them to go hunting. And that land has allowed me to enjoy some of that peace that my great grandpa Otto, a man who died before I was ever born, enjoyed. It's hard to describe the peace uh, which makes this land, this, this hunting, this activity uh, on that land um, so special. Um, part of it's the tradition, part of it's the memories made over the years, another part of it's just talking and catching up with my cousins who are from Chicago and just catching up with them and their lives. Uh, but there's also just something about its simplicity and more primordial nature of the act of hunting. There's just those long periods of silence, of quiet, only disturbed by, you know, perhaps the gurgling of the river or just other animals nearby in their movement or tree in the winds. And um, all this occurs while you're just trying to listen carefully uh, and try to hear, you know, the distant honks of geese or the violent flapping of ducks' wings and in an attempt to try to spot them and lure them to land on the water in front of the blind. You're just away from it all. You're not thinking, you're just simply being, uh, being attentive to God's beautiful creation, uh, just the simple goal of trying to um, get a duck or a goose. And so there's so much more to this land um, then it's just simply a good place to hunt, that it's not too far from our house, that it's midway between me, my, my family in Batavia, and then my cousins in Chicago. Um, it's our ancestral hunting lands, uh, though we've never owned it. Or at least it's the closest thing to ancestral lands that the progeny, the, the sons of poor immigrants can come to in America. But now it's gone. Uh, we lost it just a few months ago when the land changed hands and permission to hunt it was rescinded by the new owners. In today's gospel, while people are speaking to the beauty of the stones of the temple, Jesus declares that the day will come when there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Jesus is declaring that the temple will be destroyed, and it was destroyed 
by the Romans in 70 AD. And then he speaks to the end times, to the end of the world. The very words of the people in the gospel continue to echo from the mouths of tourists throughout the great cathedrals of Europe today. How costly the stones, the marble must be. And yet, you'll not see one knee in a thousand uh, bend to touch those precious stones in order to humbly acknowledge the presence of Christ the King who dwells within them. And so Jesus' words uttered over 2,000 years ago must re-echo throughout every church on this 33rd Sunday in ordinary time to wake us up from our contentedness and remind us that even the good things of this world must pass. That we must be purified by the oven of God's love, as Malachi puts it in the first reading, before we are ready to see the light of the Son of Justice, Jesus. There will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Can you imagine St. Pat's being combined with St. John Henry Newman on the other side of the river? Can you imagine just one priest uh, taking care of this church and that parish too? And yet, you just look east to Chicago or south to St. Louis, and the reality is, is that they're combining parishes everywhere. And in fact, it was just only a few months ago that my home parish in Oak Park just got combined with another parish. Um, I, my, my friends in college who live in New Hampshire, one of their churches got closed. Uh, my friend who has been barely a priest a year was recently made pastor of a Spanish parish. And as you go out west, um, there's priests holding on to four or five, you know, they're pastor four or five more rural parishes. Um, and the reality is, is that even in our own diocese, we do not have enough men stepping up to kind of fill the ranks to man our parishes. And so we must turn to other countries for help. And praise be to God uh, that they so generously send um, their own sons to us, for example, with Father Arnold to help us out. And so we must not be too content with the status quo to think that the good we have will last forever. We must constantly seek to be purified by God's love to have our efforts and intentions perpetually renewed, to fight for its good, and let that which is not of God burn away like stubble. And the same goes for your own lives, your own families. We must never forget that we are a pilgrim people. We are much more like the migratory waterfowl that I hunt, traveling towards warmer climes. And we can never settle on one pond for too long while we linger here on this earth. We cannot become too attached to the things of this world. You will probably not personally see the end of the world, but your world, you will see the end of your world. The beautiful walls of your world, the world you built up, the life you built up, will come tumbling down. And the question is, will you stand or come tumbling down with them? What do you cling to too tightly? What, is it your lifestyle, your car, house, phone, job, hobbies, um, where have you settled? What are the good things in your life getting in the way of the greatest good, God? What part of your life needs purifying? The loss of my family's ancestral hunting lands was purifying. It was a reminder that though I might be able to find some peace here on earth, I will not find the true and lasting peace I desire and hunger for until I rest in God.
The closest we get to this peace is here today at Mass, because today we receive the King of Peace in the sacrament of the Eucharist. And so let the flames of God's love purify you of the distractions of this world in order that you might make it safely to your final home.